This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Libby Collins. It was a cold one last night, Jessica. Very cold. Oh my gosh, I had, my, I had my long johns on mm. and my, my fuzzy slo- socks. Had my space heater running the whole night. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well, you know, the, the good news is, and, and I was talking with somebody the other day, do you know that the box elder bugs have been more active this year yes. than... They've 100%. been driving us crazy. Oh, my gosh. I, I We can't even go out our back door. But the good news is, with frost last night, hopefully they'll go away. Oh, well, I'm happy to hear that. Because, There's yeah, they are lot. everywhere this year. And if you've got, you know, something with the south side of your house, it just, oh, like I said, can't even go through our back door. Because yeah. there are so many of those little buggers out there. They're all over the walls. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we've got a busy show ahead. We're going to tell you about that in just a minute. But what better way to get the show underway on a Sunday morning than with music from one of my very favorite Disney movies and shows, Aladdin. And WTMJ's Vince Petrano spoke with Anand Nagroth, who plays the evil Jafar. What do you like about audiences here? I mean, we certainly have a, a great arts culture in Milwaukee. Yeah, and I, I feel like you can tell it from from up on stage. You know, you, it's it's nice to feel appreciated up there. <laughs> well, good. You, like so many kids, grew up kind of a Disney kid, and Aladdin, the film, was uh, was important for you. Yeah, absolutely. It came out kind of at my, my peak Disney age. I think I was eight or nine years old when it came out and and yeah it was it was meaningful to me in a way that i didn't even know at the time to see you know the the most popular movie of the time the most popular animated film and it was all characters that looked looked like me talking with anand nagraj he plays jafar in disney's aladdin here in milwaukee this week for better and for worse people are going to come in young and old who have only seen the film, they have expectations about how they want it to make them feel, what songs they want to hear. Absolutely, and I would like to think that we meet all of those expectations, exceed all those expectations. Yes. Uh, it, but but the, 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 the stage production really is cool. It's a, it's a wonderful adaptation, and it I feel like it, we are able to meet all of those expectations of what you're familiar with, what you remember from that original film. And then there's also all this other wonderful material that is new and specific to the stage production. And so critical to your character, Jafar, of course, is the interplay with Iago. Now, I'd read, at least in some productions, Iago is not a bird, it's a dude. That That is correct. That is correct. We, we, we tried working with the bird, and it just didn't go very well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, in the stage production, Iago was reconceived as as a human sidekick. Yeah, like as you say, it is very critical to my time on there, because we're <laughs> basically anytime I'm on stage, he's on stage. It must matter to you as someone who became a performer yourself that for probably a lot of kids in the audience here in Milwaukee this week and through the weekend might be their first ever real theater experience. Absolutely. And, you know, I, like with me, like with everybody, so much of our experience with with entertainment uh, that way is is on the screen. And to be able to expose them to something that's happening live in front of them and that they're experiencing live with a whole audience full of other people, that is 
it's a really remarkable thing to get to be a part of. And there are two performances today at the Marcus Theater, and I understand there are still some selected tickets available. Well, yesterday was Sweetest Day, but your sweetheart could just be a scammer. Our consumer expert is going to join us with some of those warning signs. Also, what would the FDA's menthol cigarette ban mean, especially for minority communities? Well, a former NYPD police officer is going to join us. He's going to tell us all about it. And uh, have you seen the movie Night of the Living Dead? Have you seen that one, Isaac? Because it's, it's all black and white, but it was, you know, at the time it came out, I think in the early 60s, it was supposed to be really, really scary. Well, there's a new take on the film right here in Milwaukee, and uh, it has to do with opera. So we'll tell you about that. Yes, you heard me right. Uh, also, Christmas is sooner than you think, so we're going to get you in the mood with a preview of the Christmas Fantasy House, benefiting McDonald House. Also, Mil- Mark Cass from the Milwaukee Business Journal is going to tell us where Milwaukee Movers and Shakers Eat Their Business Lunches. Matt Miller uh, talks about all the buzz surrounding the new Martin Scorsese film. Also, we're going to take a look back at the Week in Review. Jessica, of course, is here in the newsroom. Isaac's pushing those buttons. And in just two minutes, it's Matt Sassler and Sports. It is 42 degrees at 813 on WTMJ. After Wisconsin trailed by 14 entering the fourth quarter against Illinois, a win seemed untouchable. Head coach Luke Fickle on some of the intangibles that led to a 25-21 comeback win for the Badgers. You know, we'd been in some situations in fourth quarters, you know, in, in two games this year and uh, didn't find a way to come out with it. And, uh, you know, we just continue the routines, how we do things and talk about consistency and talking about finding ways to take care of your brothers and, and never letting up. Um, you know, and, and I'll be honest, that that right there was, you know, a telltale to me. The 5-2 and two Badgers scored 18 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to reclaim first place in the Big Ten West. They return home to face number three Ohio State next Saturday night at 6.30. Packers running back Aaron Jones is feeling good ahead of today's contest against the Broncos. I would say so. That Saturday I felt pretty good, and that's when I was like, let me try to go get this ball and tweak it. Uh, but I, I would say yes, this is the best I feel. The Pro Bowl running back was limited in practice this week and is still listed as questionable. Defensively, defensive back Jair Alexander did not practice on Friday and is questionable. Linebacker Devontae Campbell is doubtful. And on the positive side, defensive back Eric Stokes was activated off of the physically unable to perform list and is expected to play against the Broncos. Kickoff from the Mile High City is set for this afternoon at 325. The last time two teams faced off in back-to-back World Series was 1977 and 1978 between the Dodgers and the Yankees. We could see that 45-year drought end with both the Phillies and the Astros, each one win away from the Fall Classic. Houston leads the Texas Rangers three games to two in the ALCS and can punch their ticket to the World Series tonight in Game 6. Philadelphia defeated Arizona 6-1 to last night to take a three games to two lead in the NLCS. They can earn their spot with a win in Game 6 tomorrow evening. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Matt. It is 817. Uh, oh, it was cold last night. Uh, we're, we're up to 42 degrees right now. I'm going to have your forecast. And also, Mark Cass is coming up. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Well, as we said, it was 
pretty cold overnight. As a matter of fact, a frost advisory remains in effect um, until 9 o'clock this morning, especially in outlying areas, because we've got morning frost out there. First time I think we've said that in a while. Then it's going to be mostly sunny and breezy for the rest of the day with a high of 52 degrees. Tonight looks partly cloudy. We're going to get down to about 43 if you're close to the lake, but if you're out further, 39, not as cold as last night. Tomorrow looks like we've got some clouds moving in with a chance of showers or even a storm and a high of 60 degrees. Tuesday, Warm and breezy, partly cloudy with a slight chance of a shower and back up into the 70s, 74 for high. Wednesday, again, those showers are likely, but it's going to be on the cloudy and breezy side, 70 for a high. And on Thursday, we've got another chance of showers. It'll be mostly cloudy with a high of 66. Currently in Mequon, 38 degrees. Racine has 40. Economa walks at 37, and we have 42 degrees at WTMJ at 820. And that means it's time to check in on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline with Mark Cass. He is the editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. Mark, I know a lot of major businesses are reeling over the news that Quick Trip was the victim of a cyber attack this week. What details can you share? Happened early October, looks like October 9th, and has impacted a number of their operations, has really impacted a lot of their customers in terms of their rewards programs, in terms of having supplies in the stores. And this is a story you've heard before, right? We've heard it over the years, companies who've been attacked like this. We don't know the specifics of where it came from and the extent of it, other than what we've seen on the outward face. We don't know what happened inward face, but this is another risk. And it's something that I know a lot of companies fear and have had a lot of steps put in place, but you know the hackers and the hackers are good. And sometimes they end up around it and they're able to do this. And the other thing about QuickTrip, remember, is there are a lot of fans out there, a lot of people who use it, a lot of people who use their entities and their programs. So this is a big deal. I think, you know, QuickTrip obviously has a great brand, has a great name, but things like that kind of hurt that brand sometimes. So they're going to have to recover this, and I'm sure they will, but it's bound to have a short-term hit. Do we know if they had to pay a ransom? We do not. None of that has been released yet. We don't know the extent of it. You know, I mean, a lot of times this thing kind of comes out over time, you kind of hear more and more about it. But no, we don't know that yet. And all we know is it's been significant because this has been a couple of weeks of this now. And, you know, nobody wants this to happen to them. Nobody wants it to impact their customers like this. And bottom line, it can really affect a business financially. Correct. And, you know, so far, luckily, from what they've said, it didn't impact any type of information from customers, whether it's credit card numbers or, I mean, anything like that. So far, so good. But again, sometimes this stuff kind of dribbles out over time. So we'll have to see over the next few weeks what else happened there. Yeah, just one more warning to employees, don't click on anything. Let's move on to the State Assembly because they finally passed that $600 million American Family Field Finance Package. But what's the State Senate going to do? This will be fun to watch next week. There's a hearing already scheduled next Wednesday, and there's already kind of talk about amendments at the State Senate. One of the ones that's been talked about is a tax on all the home games, the tickets sold. And that's something that's been brought up along the way, but now it looks like it's going to be added in terms of an amendment. Will it get approved? I don't know. I know from the Brewers' standpoint, the Brewers are are really opposed to it. They don't want anything like that for the home games at AmFam Field. The fear is that it adds to the cost. You have a lot of tickets, obviously, in the upper level, kind of lower cost tickets. If you add a $2 fee, a $3 fee, a $4 fee, it kind of adds that. And the brewers are very insistent upon having affordable tickets, you know, so that everybody in the community can attend. Uh, there's also talk about having that fee for other events at the stadium, whether it's concerts, shows, things like that. And the brewers are more open to that from what they've said. From what they've told me, it's very interesting, about almost half of the people who attend the shows and concerts at the stadium are from out of state. So I think just more openness to that and, you know, having that be a way to 
increase the revenue. And then I think they're going to look at other amendments in the Senate, whether it's who's on the board overseeing the stadium and other things. But, you know, I think it'll be a close vote. As I've been saying all along, it's not going to be fun to watch. But in the end, I think it will end up being approved, hopefully by early November, and then we can move on from this issue. Well, something that has been fun to watch. Here at WTMJ, we teamed with you at the Milwaukee Business Journal and TMJ4, all looking at the future of Milwaukee's downtown streetcar system. Is there any momentum towards expanding it? You know, not really. And that's what I'd say upsetting to some people, kind of really pointing, because it's a system that's been open a few years, has seen some success in terms of ridership. Of course, it's free, like everyone says, they've not added a fare yet. And so the three of us kind of really wanted to look at the future of it. How is it doing now? And is there any momentum to expanding it? Because of the line is going to open October 29th, which will run through the Couture, and then in April we'll go full every day. And while that's a nice addition, it's a pretty short addition, and not what was originally kind of intended in terms of other additions, whether it's up to the arena, whether it's north into was Hill or that's going down into the third ward or Walker's Point. So really there's some momentum kind of lacking so far. And obviously the state law with what's going on earlier this year with Act 12 and the whole state thing kind of hampers the city in terms of what it can use for money for this. So it'll be real interesting to watch the next year or two. Will the mayor and the aldermen want this to move ahead? And is there a way to find the money? Because if not, it's a small system and it's not having the impact that it was originally supposed to have. And while nice, again, how can it be more impactful? How can we make this a transportation alternative for others. You know, it'd be nice if you could take it to something like to see some concert. That, Concerts, tell right. us about the Milwaukee Planning Commission and what they want to do with those revised plans. Right. You know, we is something that remember about six, eight months ago, we talked about this a lot. This is the music venue on the old site of the Bradley Center. So now it's come back because it hasn't started construction because it kind of got held up there. And then what happened? Interest rates went up and the economy slowed and the cost of the project went up over $12 million. So now they've returned. Smaller venue on that site still hoping to start construction yet in 23 or in 24. Then would have to slow down a bit, obviously, because of the RNC and then be open either 25 or 26. Nice addition to the city in terms of another venue, hopefully more concerts, more activity in that area. A really nice expansion of what's going on around the arena. Slower than we all hoped it would be at a higher cost. I know that the owners want it to be, but hopefully it will still happen. Let's talk about apartments. And you and I have been Uh, talking about them, especially in Waukesha County. Now, what about this 1,000 apartment plan for Oconomowoc? Why are we seeing this surge of apartments, particularly in Waukesha County? Growth has happened. How many years have we talked about the growth that's occurring in Wauwatosa, in West Dallas, moved west out into Elm Grove, into New Berlin, and into Brookfield? Now it's going further west and it's going to Oconomowoc. And, you know, you have to have options for people. There's beautiful homes in Oconomowoc, the Heartland area. There's some really nice, beautiful, beautiful areas out there. But you also need options for people. So that's why you're seeing kind of more apartments, some of them on the high end, and then some on the workforce end, something you and I have talked about, you know, people that want to live in Oconomowoc and work in Oconomowoc who want options for their things. So I think you're just seeing growth and it's great to see how Waukesha County. It's going to continue to move west. A lot of us have talked about growth happening west and someday, all the way through like Exonia and all the way someday through Madison, to have that all be residential. So it's been kind of interesting to watch, but that's what you're seeing. You're seeing a real interest in Waukesha County and in Oconomowoc right now. I've got to ask you about a fun feature that you had on Monday on your website about business executives' favorite places for a business lunch. Now, for those of you who have that expense account, it's no problem, (laughs) Mark. I I always put my lunches on your account, (laughs) Yeah, well, listen, I I carry the bag for my (laughs) lunch. But what was the most common answer? Very interesting. I had a lot of fun with this, and I just kind of threw it out there and got so much response. Unbelievable. But some of the places are probably not a surprise, and that's Elsa's and the cafe at the Fister, places 
that you commonly see people very active. But then there's a lot of other smaller places out in the neighborhood, throughout downtown. Swinging Door came up a number of times over on Michigan Street. So there's just a lot of small places. And the thing I was happy most about Libby was that there are people eating out again. Right? They're coming back into the office, whether it's three days a week, whether it's four days a week, and they're going out for lunch, and they're spending money, and they're doing these meetings that they didn't do for three years. I mean, these restaurants struggled for two, three years, and now to see these people out there, I go out for lunch on you, of course, all the time. I go out for lunch <laughs> and try to go out a couple times a week and just see so many people, and it's nice to see the activity. Now, on Fridays, it's very quiet, I will say, but throughout the rest of the week, it really is nice, and you know, the fact that it's important to our city, it's important to our central area to have these restaurants be very active. Wait, wait, wait. Ward, you said it's quiet on Fridays. Why is it I so do. quiet on Fridays? Because a lot of people still work from home on Fridays. A lot of offices, ours included, it's three or four days a week, and Friday's just not the day that a lot of us, you know, I'm in the office, but maybe some some people aren't. So, and I know you're always in the office, so that's not an issue for you. But you know, you and I are going to go out to lunch. We're going to try all these places. Oh, promises, and gonna, promises. And then we're going to expense it to your radio station. I'm sure they won't mind, will they? Oh yeah. Okay. Listen, Mark. It is always great. I can ask me my you. favorite places to eat. Okay. What are my favorite? Okay. Well, what, what, you know, fa- what is your favorite place? What is your favorite place? I actually have two, and I've said before, I mean, I love going to the Fister because you'll see everybody in the city there. Love it. You'll see Steve Marcus. You'll see Greg Marcus. The other people there. I love going to the public market because of the energy, because of the activity. Those are my two favorite places. My third one now, and it's the one right next to you, and that's the food hall. Because so many opportunities to try great things, right? Oh, yeah. So you and I can meet there someday soon. And again, I'm going to charge it to Craig. He won't mind. No, I'm sure he won't. All right, Mark. Well, it is always great to have you here. Mark Cass, Editor-in-Chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. Always good to talk to you, Libby, and I'll talk to you next week. It's 828. We have 42 degrees at WTMJ. Welcome back to Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. It's a Sunday morning edition. I'm Libby Collins. A little bit later on, we're going to be talking with Matt Miller and about all the buzz surrounding the new Martin Scorsese film. Right now, though, it's been quite a week with the president visiting a war-torn Israel. There was a critical crossroad for the hop, and the Department of Justice prepares to close. There's so much more. It's the Week in Review, brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Come and knock on our door. What are you kissing me for? Suzanne Summers has died. I used to do aerobics till I dropped. Then I found Thymaster. Her family says Suzanne Summers battled breast cancer for 23 years. A court appearance and funeral today in Illinois after an anti-Muslim attack. A plea not yet entered, but 71-year-old Joseph Zuba now has a public defender accused of stabbing six-year-old Wadia Alfa Yume to death 26 times, apparently in fear over the war between Israel and Hamas. He said you Muslims must die. There is no place for hate in America. Milwaukee police have charged a man in connection with the death of a 12-year-old boy whose body was found malnourished and decomposing. Roman Moy is so far facing three counts of chronic neglect of a child and failure to report the death of a child. No matter if it happens in the house or if it happens from somebody outside the house, it is totally unacceptable. The vote is green. Let's get this done. The $545 million to fund maintenance at the ballpark now heads to the state Senate following its passage through the Assembly. I cannot in good conscience support corporate welfare schemes. If they leave, we will lose hundreds of millions of dollars. What this looks like to me and even amended is sleight of hand. This is a good deal for Wisconsin. 
In Gaza, a blast has destroyed a hospital, potentially killing hundreds. The strike hitting the parking lot of the Al-Akhli Hospital in Gaza City, an area Israel has urged Palestinians to evacuate from. Based on the information we've seen to date, it appears the result of an errant rocket fired by a terrorist group in Gaza. This is a special report from ABC News. President Biden is in Israel. Air Force One touching down moments ago at Ben-Gurion Airport outside Tel Aviv. Under additional security protection, President Biden landing here in Israel, the first American president to visit the country during war. Mr. President, Joe, I want to thank you for coming here today. We will continue to have Israel's back as you work to defend your people. Milwaukee County Executive David Crowley says he is running for re-election. There's so much more that we need to be doing, partnering with many of our local municipalities. In a survey WTMJ sent to listeners who ride the hop, we asked, would you be willing to pay a fare to ride the hop if it meant an extension would happen to your preferred destination? The result? A responding 77% yes vote. Might it not make sense to explore the idea of using fare boxes with the idea that the people who live around the streetcar now could pay for it? I think it's always on the table. It's on the table. Good evening, my fellow Americans. We're facing an inflection point in history. Biden using the power of that office to lay out the stakes, saying this is a matter of U.S. national security and global stability. The White House has asked Congress to consider a $105 billion request for national security needs around the world. The 25-year career on WTMJ will come to an end this December. No show lasts forever. Since 1998, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner has been a constant presence across Milwaukee's airwaves. Now, after a quarter century of analyzing what's happening both in the city and around the world, Jeff says it's time to move on. To have the ability to work on a radio station in your hometown in essentially the same time slot for 25 years, it doesn't happen very often. I rise to nominate Jim Jordan for the Speaker of the House. The fastest way to get to work for the American people is to elect a Speaker so the House can be open and we can get things done. Mission failed. We'll come next time. Debbie, Eric's got... (laughs) Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Debbie's, you're the aware costume. of this, right? That like every Halloween, there's always like these silly, like sexy yeah, costumes. sexy ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I just showed the sexy Vince pizza. The sexy pizza costume, the sexy corn cob. Oh, that one, yeah. Okay. The uh, sexy um, salt traffic pepper music. shaker. <laughs> I can't believe you've never seen these before. Vince, come on, man. All right. <laughs> That's all. Do the roads. Okay. Northbound on 41. Sexy roads. <laughs> Hardly sexy roads. Uh, sexy North- traffic cones. <laughs> Powerfully sexual. Wolf. I weak. Sexy pizza. May God bless you all. Take care. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Dare I say a sexy weekend review is sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. It is 841, 42 degrees. We're going to have your forecast and also find out if your sweetheart is a scammer. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. I love that song. Thank you for playing that one, Isaac. It's uh, going to be warming up. I, boy, it was cold last night. As a matter of fact, we've got a uh, frost advisory. It's in effect till 9 a.m., but only for those outlying areas. Everybody else is starting to warm up a little bit. We're going to get up to about 52 degrees today, and it will be sunny finally. Uh, then tonight, cloudy down to about 43, 39 inland. And tomorrow looks like we've got a chance of some showers or some storms even and a high of 60 degrees. Right now in Richfield, 38 degrees. Port Washington is 40. Franklin is at 39 and we're at 42 at WTMJ at 844. 
Well, I know a lot of people had their hearts turning towards romance yesterday because it was Sweetest Day, but is your sweetheart a scammer? Joining us on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline is our consumer expert from DATCAP, Michelle Reinen, and tell us about some of the stories you're hearing from consumers who got, well, who had the wool pull all over their eyes by somebody that they thought was a sweetheart. Yeah, we've all heard about it. Those romance scammers who prey on people looking for love online that create those fake profiles on dating apps and social media websites, steal photos of another and put together multiple profiles. And now they're even using artificial intelligence to create that photo, but we never believe it when it's either happening to ourselves or a friend or family member. How could that be? And we really need to take uh, and take caution with this and approach it sensitively because emotions are high. The new thing we are seeing is that romance scammers don't always specifically ask for money transfers for all the reasons they come up with, like financial support for medical bills, legal trouble, debt, and housing. The new twist is now that they are trying to encourage their targets, if you will, consumers, to invest in cryptocurrency with them. Let's bond and and form a relationship and strengthen that partnership by investing together when really the investment is controlled by the scammer themselves and you're just handing your money over under these false impressions. How many people fall for these romance scams? Do you have any numbers? Yeah, actually, the Federal Trade Commission nationally has recognized that 67,000 reports of romance scam were made in 2022, and that resulted in total losses of over $1.3 billion, a median loss of more than $4,000. But what's important about this, in addition to the money, is that 34% of all those who lost money did so through cryptocurrency transfers. So we know this new twist is legitimate and people are falling for it. So be cautious. Mm, And again, if you have questions... Why don't you reach out to the Wisconsin Consumer Protection Hotline? Give us that number, Michelle. It would be 1-800-422-7128. And you're just a minute away from Matt Sossler and sports right here on WTMJ. It's 846. A 14-point deficit in the fourth quarter was no problem for the Badgers. Some could say the win in Champaign was a lock. I don't know what else I could say about Braden Locke. I, I, you guys got incredible poise. Uh, you know, for a young guy that uh, went out there today and put in a really, really tough situation, and uh, he performed really well. Head coach Luke Fickle on quarterback Braden Locke, who threw two touchdown passes in the final stanza. With the win, Wisconsin sits at 5-2, and 3-1 and one in the Big Ten. They return home next week against third-ranked Ohio State. Kickoff is scheduled for Saturday night at 6.30. The Packers offense is focused on fundamentals today in Denver. There's so many things that that we just got to throw and catch better. And I don't care if we're doing it on air. It's got to be better. It's got to be more consistent. Head coach Matt LaFleur on what the green and gold need to do offensively against a Denver defense that is ranked last in the NFL, allowing 440 yards per game. And it is still unknown if reinforcements will be on the way for Green Bay's offense. Running back Aaron Jones was limited in practice this week and is questionable with a hamstring injury. Offensive lineman Elton Jenkins is also questionable after he did not practice on Friday. Kickoff in Denver is this afternoon at 325.
We are on the brink of a World Series rematch from a year ago. The 2022 National League champion Philadelphia Phillies defeated the Arizona Diamondbacks 6-1 last night in Game 5 of the NLCS to take a 3-2 series lead. Game 6 in Philadelphia is tomorrow night. The Phillies are 6-0 at home this postseason. And tonight, the 2022 World Series champion Houston Astros can punch a ticket to their fourth World Series in the last five years when they play the Rangers in Game 6 of the ALCS. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Matt. It is 849, 42 degrees at WTMJ. And coming up next, we've got Matt Miller. And we're going to talk about all the buzz surrounding the new Martin Scorsese film. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. It's time to check in on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline with media critic and pop culture editor at OnMilwaukee.com, Matt Miller. And Matt, I am told this music that Isaac found, it's from the new Martin Scorsese film. Kind of catchy, but the film itself, I haven't seen it, obviously. Three and a half hours long. A lot of people are talking about it. What are you hearing? Yeah, the buzz on it is tremendous. Yes, it is three and a half hours, but who else are you going to trust with three and a half hours than Martin Scorsese, one of the best directors we've ever had? And, uh, you know, in this new streaming era, you know, you you don't really have the same excuse of like, oh, that's too long. Like, I don't know, you'll watch a 10-hour miniseries on Hulu these days. What's well, three and a half hours? So I do think, you know, maybe we should bring back the intermission. You know, maybe we should... I think theaters would love it, too, because it gives people a chance to go back into the lobby, maybe sell them another candy or refill a popcorn. I don't think that's a bad idea well, that's for what movies I, of this way. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, because obviously if you're watching it at home, you can stop it and have that bathroom break. But in a theater, three and a half hours, especially if you're drinking one of those giant sodas and popcorn, you kind of need that break. And this is not running with an intermission? It is not. And I, I do think there is something to, you know, I, people talk about, you know, you pause it and then you realize how long it is and stuff like that. And I think there is something about just letting yourself sit with a movie for its runtime, you know, with, with, you know, in the case of like a Wolf of Wall Street type movie, which is great. I love Wolf of Wall Street. I think it's one of Martin Scorsese's best movies. But people complain about that movie that, you know, by the end, you're just getting tired of his shenanigans. And I just want to grab those people and say, you found the point you found you've landed on the point of the movie, which is that like, by the time you reach the third act of that movie, you are so numb to his shenanigans, to his illegal activity that it's no longer fun and it is draining. And you were just like, when is enough for this guy? And that is the premise of the movie. Um, And I think that's a really cool, really interesting thing that Martin Scorsese does with a lot of his movies is that he really uses that runtime. I know a lot of people made fun of the Irishman for that as well. But the Irishman is another one. That movie is about a whole life. And the ending of that movie doesn't hit as hard if you don't have this feeling of watching this person just submerge themselves lower and lower into a life that contains nothing, that well, he betrayed everyone. Well, once again, Leo Di- uh, Leonardo DiCaprio works with Scorsese. And did I see correctly, people are already talking about Oscar again for him? 
Yes, absolutely. I, I'll be interested to see how this plays with the Oscars. This is going to be a very weird year with the Oscars, uh, with the SAG strike, with the Screen Actors Guild strike, because right now it's still going on. Though sounds like they're going to go back to the negotiation table this Friend upcoming Trasher. week. Yeah, but it's not. You it heard me. Like I'm not. We're not going to go there again, Matt. But Fran Drescher. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but but the thing is, you know, a lot of these big movies, like a movie like Killers of the Flower Moon, Leonardo DiCaprio hasn't been able to do publicity for this. And if the SAG strike goes on much longer, these big studio Oscar plays, these big studio awards plays, these actors aren't going to be able to do publicity, and that's so much of a part of how you get nominated, of how you get a win. So much of the reason why Brendan Fraser won last year for The Whale and the reason why Austin Butler for Elvis was kind of the second-place guy was because those guys were hitting that campaign trail hard. They were showing up in person to events, and they were very charming, and they were very movie star, and they, were, they, they sold their stories really well. And when the, SAG, when the screen actors can't go out and sell their movies, you know, those, sub, those, those complimentary subplots to these movies – can't sell, and then the Oscar campaigns. That's why I think Oppenheimer is still in the driver's seat okay. right now because they were able to sell that movie. <laughs> can, can, can I go back to the uh, to the strike again? I, I just have yeah. to bring this up to you because did you see where where they are warning uh, actors be careful of your Halloween costumes because <laughs> you cannot uh, promote any of these films? And I love the tweet from Ryan Reynolds who said that uh, he can't wait for his six-year-old who's dressing up as Deadpool so he could just yell scab at them all night. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little, it, it is a little silly, and I think yeah, it is but... hard to manage. It is hard to manage these rules of this new social media era, but, you know, they are important on, on the level because they are important to show the studios how important the actors are, to show them their worth, to show, hey, do you want us to be able to sell these movies like we're able to sell these indie projects we're working on right now? Well, then you got to pay us right. You well, sign on us the, the right other contract. hand, Taylor Swift did okay, didn't she? Well, she didn't go through the studios. That movie was released through AMC theaters. She went but she directly didn't pr- to She the- didn't promote it. She just went to a couple football games. Well, she doesn't <laughs> have to promote it. She's Taylor Swift. You know, hey, listen, I think speak- a select few people get to pull off what Taylor Swift pulls off. <laughs> Let, let's go back to Halloween, because this is this time of year where some of those scary movies come out. Anything in particular on your radar? Yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff on uh, on the streaming services right now. There's one really interesting alien invasion movie on Hulu called No One Will Save You. It is almost an entirely wordless alien invasion movie, a uh, home invasion movie, and the home invader happens to be a, green, a gray alien guy. Uh, I think it's definitely worth your while. I think it's only like 100 minutes long, too, so it's on the shorter side, so if you heard all of this conversation about, you know, <laughs> long movies, and you were like, you know what, pass. Uh, that's one that is coming out. And then this weekend, there's a new horror movie called Five Nights at Freddy's that I think is going to turn into quite a little hit uh, about basically what if a Chuck E. Cheese uh, animatronic uh, became possessed and wanted to kill you. Um, I, I, it's based on a video game that's very popular with the younger generations. And I think... They're tired of seeing other, you know, they're, they're tired of seeing their parents' franchises. They're tired of being sold basically hand-me-down franchises of like, oh, well, The Exorcist was popular for us. Don't you like it too? 
I think they want their own franchises, and I think this is a part of it where they want their own horror icons, their ho- their own horror classics. And I think Five Nights at Freddy's is going to prove that it's going to be one of them. I think it's looking at a big opening weekend next weekend. Uh, well, we'll have to wait and see. And I cannot wait to hear your review of the Scorsese movie. And again, it, what's the name of it? Killers of the Flower Moon. And I bet you you'll hear that a lot throughout award season. So. Uh, well, we'll wait and see. Hey, listen, you can follow uh, Matt Miller. All you have to do is go to onmilwaukee.com. He has lots of interesting things that he writes about, including the movies and other pop culture phenomena. And Matt, always great to talk with you. Thanks for having me. Coming up after the news, um, I don't know, a lot of people don't smoke anymore. But for people who do, And especially if they choose to smoke menthol cigarettes, there's a proposed FDA ban coming about. And we're going to tell you about it and what what one former police officer has to say about who it will affect most. That's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Liddy Collins. And welcome back to Hour 2 a little bit later on. Ooh, it's... Christmas is around the corner, believe it or not. We're going to talk about a fantasy house. Can't wait for that preview. Before we do anything else, so I've got Jessica here with us. And Jessica, have you ever smoked? No. Okay, and neither have I. But I grew up in a house where both my parents smoked. My grandparents smoked. By the way, they died at 95 and 96 and smoked the last the day before they both passed away, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> that's always but, crazy. But you know what? And, and, and I'm not a great proponent of smokers. I, I don't like to be around smoke. Um, I don't think it's the best for my health, but I do realize that there are a lot of people who started smoking when they were quite young, and it's hard for them to stop. And uh, this past week, the FDA submitted a final version of a proposed ban of menthol cigarettes to the White House. And, and I mean, the next step is they're going to impose a regulation. Now, not everybody thinks it's a good idea. And I spoke with a former New York Police Department captain. His name is Corey Pugues. And he is also spokesman for the uh, National Criminal Justice Practitioners. And he was on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline. And here's what he had to say about that proposed ban. They're trying to mask it as a health issue which I don't necessarily disagree with. But the problem that I have is menthol is a flavor. Nicotine is the addiction. And nicotine is in every single cigarette. So you're going to create this situation where just black and Hispanic people can't smoke, but white people could smoke all day. It absolutely makes no sense. It's disproportionate. The underground is going to explode because we live in America. If something is good, we're going to get rid of it. We're already dealing with illegal cigarettes. I live in New York. 63% of the cigarettes already sold is illegal. The underground market is exploding. They're all over the place. Before you get into a store, there's two or three people hunting you down to buy illegal cigarettes. We're getting shipments on ships from China, shipments from Japan, from India. So you can imagine when there's an all-out ban, people are going to be making cigarettes in their backyard and lacing them with fentanyl because if they think we got a health issue now... When they start being illegal, we're going to have a serious health problem. And I mean, that, that's a really scary thought if, if, if you analyze it the way Corey has. And he went on to say the people who would be affected most by a menthol cigarette ban would be these individuals. 
And as a matter of fact, Libby, so that you understand, this band is more like a middle-aged, older people band because young people are not even smoking menthol cigarettes in the black and brown community, like less than 2 to 3% of the cases of smoking. They're smoking marijuana and they're vaping. And they're probably in the white communities, too. Most people are vaping and smoking. Remember, so in like 20 years, cigarettes are probably going to be non-existent in the next 20 to 25 years. I've been on Capitol Hill legislative bodies around America telling everybody because they don't understand. Once I speak to them, they go, wow, I just thought this was like, we're just going to ban cigarettes as a health issue. No, it's not a health issue. It's more than a health issue. It's serious unintended consequences. And we don't want more engagement in the black and brown community with the police. And Corey Paget says there's even more of a conundrum. Why would you legalize cannabis around the country? I think it's 12, 13 states already legalized. Why would you legalize marijuana and then decriminalize cigarettes? So you're telling me now that my 21-year-old son could smoke all the marijuana he wants, but Nana, who's 75 and been smoking for 50 years, can't smoke a cigarette. Does that even make sense? And Kurt Pajis also says this would, uh, proposed ban would affect those in the undocumented community. Even with people that probably got legal visas being deported, that's going to be an issue. But it's all going to start... If there's a ban, it's going to be the precursor to engage the person. I know how policing work. I was a cop for over two decades. So I know where there's smoke, there's fire, and they're going to be looking. Police hunt in the black and brown communities. They hunt. Corey, deep in your heart, do you think this proposed FDA ban is racially motivated? I don't want to say that. I do believe whoever started was a health issue. I don't think they was like outright talking because they didn't even probably realize that. But hey, it is whatever the reason was. I don't want this ban to pass. And the more I talk about it, the more I'm going to bring up this racial component because it has a serious racial component to it. There's no reason why nicotine is in every cigarette, but black people can't smoke cigarettes no more. It absolutely makes no sense. So there is a racial component to it. Is there a place where we can get more information? Yes, you can get more information at ncjp.info. That's an organization that I'm a part of, National Criminal Justice Practitioners. ncjp.info, and hit the community tab, and you get a bunch of information. And, and Corey not only was on the police force in New York City for, for 20 years, he, he was a captain. He, um, he was there on 9-11, too. I mean, he, the man has a fascinating story aside from this. But it puts a whole different perspective on it when you think about it, Jessica. It really does. And from that public health perspective, it's interesting because, well, if, you know, menthol is part of the older generation anyways— Maybe it's going to phase out anyways, and maybe a more strategic um, approach might be actually, you know, trying to keep young people from starting smoking in the first place. Well, yeah, but as but as Corey said, they're they're still smoking. Unfortunately, they're smoking marijuana, right, and a lot right. of states are doing it legally. But, but from like the cigarette <laughs> perspective, for oh, sure, sure, or or the um, the vaping perspective, you know, yeah. like how, how it was marketed. It's been marketed to young people as this safer alternative when it's mm-hmm. really not. And well, it seems like the, the focus there might might be a little more smart. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a fascinating story and we will keep an eye on it. But again, I, I thought it would be interesting to hear a different perspective of it from Corey Pegues. All right, it is 914 and you are just a couple minutes away from sports with Matt Sossler. It's all right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. 
I'm going to start this off with a note my father wrote just about 50 years ago. You'll find it on our website and our menu. Back then, he wrote, we are proud to be a family-owned restaurant. After Wisconsin trailed by 14, entering the fourth quarter against Illinois, a win seemed untouchable. Head coach Luke Fickle on some of the intangibles that led to a 25-21 comeback win for the Badgers. You know, we'd been in some situations in fourth quarters, you know, in, in two games this year and uh, didn't find a way to come out with it. And, uh, you know, we just continue the routines, the how we do things and talk about consistency and talking about finding ways to take care of your brothers and, and never letting up. Um, you know, and, and I'll be honest, that, that right there was, you know, a telltale to me. The 5-2 and two Badgers scored 18 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to reclaim first place in the Big Ten West. They return home to face number three Ohio State next Saturday night at 6.30. Packers running back Aaron Jones is feeling good ahead of today's contest against the Broncos. I would say so. That Saturday I felt pretty good, and that's when I was like, let me try to go get this ball and tweak it. Uh, but I, I would say yes, this is the best I feel. The Pro Bowl running back was limited in practice this week and is still listed as questionable. Defensively defensive back Jair Alexander did not practice on Friday and is questionable. Linebacker Devontae Campbell is doubtful. And on the positive side, defensive back Eric Stokes was activated off of the physically unable to perform list and is expected to play against the Broncos. Kickoff from the Mile High City is set for this afternoon at 325. The last time two teams faced off in back-to-back World Series was 1977 and 1978 between the Dodgers and the Yankees. We could see that 45-year drought end with both the Phillies and the Astros, each one win away from the Fall Classic. Houston leads the Texas Rangers three games to two in the ALCS and can punch their ticket to the World Series tonight in Game 6. Philadelphia defeated Arizona 6-1 to last night to take a three games to two lead in the NLCS. They can earn their spot with a win in Game 6 tomorrow evening. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Matt. We're up to 44 degrees. We're going to have your forecast right after this on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. sunny and breezy today high of 52 tonight looks uh, partly cloudy now if you're in the outlying areas you're going to get down into the 30s but about 43 close to the lake tomorrow looks like we've got clouds and showers and maybe even a storm or two coming through at 60 degrees for a high tuesday even warmer we're going to get up to 74 and we do have a slight chance of a shower wednesday again those showers are likely but it'll be mostly cloudy and breezy with 70 degrees for a high and on thursday a chance of showers under mostly cloudy skies and a high of 66. Currently, Sheboygan has 41 degrees. West Milwaukee's at 41. Burlington has 42. And we have 44 degrees at WTMJ at 922. The following is a paid presentation. Advice and opinions expressed during the Sunday sip are solely that of the hosts or guests and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC. Hey, this is WTMJ Steve Scavini, host of WTMJ Now. Heard every Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on WTMJ. And this is the Sunday Sip. Welcome to Eric Jansen, Director of Operations for Panoramic CBD. Welcome. Thank you, Steve. So we've talked on the show before about the difference. You hear a lot about CBD products. Mm -hmm. I know the story, but I want you to tell our audience the story. What makes your brand, Panoramic CBD, so different? Well, we control the entire process. We handpicked the seeds out west, planted them ourselves in the fertile soils of uh, Watoma in central Wisconsin. 
and we farm, process, bottle, and ship the products all ourselves. We have a state-of-the-art lab, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment. We test all of our products, make sure that what it says on the bottle is what you're actually getting. So our goal from the start was to bring honesty to the CBD industry. I love your one of your slogans, soil to oil. Explain what that means. Well, basically exactly what it says. Uh, we literally planted the seeds in the soil, and we see it all the way through to the finished product in the CBD oil and the other products we make, the whole panoramic process, if you will. I've talked about my use of CBD. I've used the ointments. I've used the, the drops. Um, I want you to focus on this question that I get a lot when people ask me about my CBD use is, what can it help people with? And I know there's a broad range of things that it can, right. it can address. Yeah, everyone's a little bit different, but we've seen the most success of our product with inflammation, pain, and anxiety relief. Uh, and also, in turn, being able to sleep, uh, which is a big one. The terpenes and the cannabinoids in the hemp plant, a lot of them are, in, by nature, they're anti-inflammatory. So um, rather than popping a... Uh, pill. Um, some people even have been able to stop taking very strong pain medicines and have instead used a natural product, uh, CBD, to to help with that. Eric Jansen, Director of Operations for Panoramic CBD, joining us on the Sunday Sip. One of the things I've used it for is my knee. I've had knee operations, and it, it, it you know, there's always a little legacy pain left that ointments or the drops, they can take away that, that slight pain and get you back to a more normal feeling. And it's not just for seniors. It's for anyone really 18 and older. Right, yeah. Really, any, any adult can benefit from it. Um, certainly not everyone has to take CBD, but um, I know I told you on the show if this was kind of a in a pill form, I think everyone would probably be taking this. The problem is it's not really easily broken down by the body if it's in a pill form. It's most effectively taken sublingually under the tongue. Uh, so that's that's why we don't carry the pills. We did at one time, but we just didn't really see much of a benefit to our customers. And right now, offer using the the code promo code Steve twenty at PanoramicCBD.com, you can get that uh, bonus discount. Yep, we'll be running that the whole time we're partnering with you. So it'll be twenty percent off. Uh, you can use it on the first time you order with us. And uh, with every order, I always send out an additional promo code to the to each customer. So there's we're uh, all about giving the best deal for the best product. You're listening to Sunday Sip on WTMJ. One of the things you mentioned when you joined the program uh, last week or so was the impact on pets. Sure, that's a big one. It is. Uh, we've seen maybe the best results with pets, uh, cats and dogs, mostly dogs. Um, they don't need much, and it makes a huge difference. Uh, I guess if you if you have a pet that's has anxiety, maybe they're scared of fireworks, loud noises, maybe they're in pain. They might even have some sort of disease that that causes them distress. Uh, why not try a natural method to to relieve that for that animal? That that market's expanding every day, right? Yeah, and um, if you missed us at Pet Fest uh, Saturday. You can catch us at HempFest on October 1st or obviously visit our website, panoramiccbd.com. Before we let you get out of here on Sunday Sip, I want to ask you about some of your product lines, some of the things that people could look for when they when they go to your website. Sure. We carry everything from the oils, and there's a lot of different flavors. We're always playing around with different combinations. Uh, our best sellers are the mint, the almond, the maple is a huge one. That's a new one. It tastes just like pancakes. It's great. And uh, we've actually introduced a pumpkin spice line that we're playing around with. 
And uh, for pets, we are now adding bacon. Uh, so they're going Who crazy doesn't love bacon? That. Yeah. <laughs> Especially on a Sunday. One morning. of our owners actually prefers the bacon <laughs> flavor for himself. So. Oh, that, that is wild. We're talking to Eric Jansen, Director of Operations for Panoramic CBD. Promo code STEVE20, 20% off on your purchases. Um, one of the other questions that people ask me uh, when you were on the show is, so if you've used other CBD products, what's different? You may have used CBD before. Uh, and not gotten a benefit from it. Um, that could very well be because the company that you tried was all out lying about what's in the product. There may have not been near the CBD content that they're saying. Also, everyone has a different endocannabinoid system. So some people need very little CBD to, to feel a difference. Some people need a lot. It just it varies from person to person. Good stuff. CBD, panoramic CBD to be specific. Promo code Steve, 20, 20% off on your purchases. The website, panoramiccbd.com. Thanks for joining us on the Sunday Sip. Eric Jansen. Thanks for having me. It's 928 and 44 degrees at WTMJ. Christmas music already. Welcome back. I'm Libby Collins on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Well, yeah, the 30th Annual Christmas Fantasy House to Benefit Ronald McDonald House Charities opens on November 4th. And joining us on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline with a preview is one of the chairs, Connie Walters. And I know we're, we're not quite at Halloween yet, Connie, <laughs> but that Christmas Fantasy House, I know you've been working on it. Can you give us just a, a little bit of an idea? of what we're going to see this year. Oh, yes. It's a splendid display of decorations and cheer. Um, The Swan family has been so generous to donate their gorgeous 9,000-square-foot home out in Delafield. And we have about 18 rooms that are going to be decorated this year for the holidays with snowmen and Santas and elves and glitter and glitz. It's going to be uh, quite a spectacle, I will say, this year. Am I I correct that it's like 24 different rooms that you're decorating? Um, I would say about that, yes. And there are um, 18 decorators that we have from local businesses. They they come in, you know, um, doing this, generously donating their time, their expertise, and, and their talents, their skill of putting together these room vignettes for the holidays, um, all to benefit Ronald McDonald House. It's great. Now, now, describe it. So every single room is going to have a different Christmas theme? True. Yes, that's correct, Libby. Yes, we, so... The decorators will come in and, you know, some of them have already been there. We've had some early um, decorators go in. It's, um, we have a, a, a complete uh, team that oversees the decorators, and they do an incredible job choreographing all of these folks that come in. So, um, you know, there are floral shops and gift shops and, um, and even just folks. You know, we have a, a pair of teachers, a pair of retired teachers who come in and and decorate and they do a splendid job can you Um, can you just give us like a little hint of of what we might see there oh yeah oh sure there's um the merry and bright so um the the teachers for instance are coming in and they are they are decorating um william's room and it uh, the theme is merry and bright so you can kind of take it from there. They are always spot on with their decorations. They they do a tree, and you know their theme will carry through with merry and bright. So 
lots of lights and lots of joy and um, and elves and, and very kid inspired too. You know, there it's all it's all for the children. So um, silver and gold and gingerbread. It is it's such a spectacle. You have to see it to, <laughs> you, you, when you walk in. You know, to take it all in. It is. It can be overwhelming. And I know for the families too, it's so exciting to see. You know, their home. They've been. You know, getting this home ready for for us to, to come in and descend upon them since uh, the summer, since July. Oh, so, my gosh. Uh, yeah, it's, well, that's you know, so generous of that family. Yeah. Now, now yeah. it's not just the uh, decor of these rooms. You've also got, what, a boutique, mm-hmm. a sweet shop, a silent auction, raffle baskets, and all of this is going to benefit Ronald McDonald Charities. Yes, ma'am, you are correct. Yes, the, um, the sweet shop. So those are our, our special areas. There's something for everyone. The sweet shop is, you know, all the goodies, the baked goodies are donated by the volunteers who come in and take their time and are the room docents. So we have, you know, quick breads and cookies and puppy chow, you know, everything, everything that you can imagine the sweet shop offers. Um, the, the baskets, Carol does an incredible job with, uh, the raffle baskets and soliciting all of the donations and making, you know, she does this, this operation in her basement with her husband and her family and her friends. It's, you know, just overwhelming what she does, you know, to support well, it, it. Yeah. I, and I know that you're coordinating the silent auction. What are some of the items that are going to be up for auction? Oh, right. We have um, baskets donated from local salon, 2910 salon in Brookfield. We have, um, some gift cards from CeCe's Elbow Room in Brookfield. We have um, a cleaning service. We have a beautiful uh, necklace that was donated from Powers in Brookfield. It, we're going to put all of these great things together. We have, you know, even some things that you wouldn't really expect. You know, those things maybe you would expect. Um, we also have some events going on in Milwaukee that, that um, are donating as well. And... Um, Oh, my goodness. What else? Well, I I know it all gets underway on Saturday, November the 4th. And if you want to get tickets, let's let's tell everybody where you can get them. Oh, absolutely. So advanced tickets are available at a lot of the local pick and saves or metro markets. And we also at some of the decorators um, places as well, like the gingerbread house or the twins floral. So there are a lot of, of them that will provide tickets to but you also the easiest probably the quickest way is to go either to the ronald mcdonald house website and then that'll link through our website which is christmasfantasyhouse.com so you can get advanced tickets that way probably the easiest and certainly at the door libby you know, oh. well i yeah. know that i know that you're you're keeping the address of the home uh private because, well, it, it is a private home. But again, you're going to have shuttle buses going from Nagawiki Park, uh, park and ride at uh, 83 and 94. It is just, it's an amazing event. You have to see it to believe it. And it goes for such a wonderful cause. So, Connie, uh, one last time, if, mm-hmm. if anybody wants more information, let's give the website. Yes, christmasfantasyhouse.com. Connie Walters, thank you so much, and thank you for you and all the volunteers and everything that you're doing for Ronald McDonald Charities of Southeastern Wisconsin. It's 942 on WTMJ. 
A 14-point deficit in the fourth quarter was no problem for the Badgers. Some could say the win in Champaign was a lock. I don't know what else I could say about Braden Locke. I, I the guy's got incredible poise. Uh, you know, for a young guy that uh, went out there today and put in a really, really tough situation, and uh, he performed really well. Head coach Luke Fickle on quarterback Braden Locke, who threw two touchdown passes in the final stanza. With the win, Wisconsin sits at 5-2, and 3-1 and one in the Big Ten. They return home next week against third-ranked Ohio State. Kickoff is scheduled for Saturday night at 6.30. The Packers' offense is focused on fundamentals today in Denver. There are so many things that that we just got to throw and catch better. And I don't care if we're doing it on air. It's got to be better. It's got to be more consistent. Head coach Matt LaFleur on what the green and gold need to do offensively against a Denver defense that is ranked last in the NFL, allowing 440 yards per game. And it is still unknown if reinforcements will be on the way for Green Bay's offense. Running back Aaron Jones was limited in practice this week and is questionable with a hamstring injury. Offensive lineman Elton Jenkins is also questionable after he did not practice on Friday. Kickoff in Denver is this afternoon at 325. We are on the brink of a World Series rematch from a year ago. The 2022 National League champion Philadelphia Phillies defeated the Arizona Diamondbacks 6-1 last night in Game 5 of the NLCS to take a 3-2 series lead. Game 6 in Philadelphia is tomorrow night. The Phillies are 6-0 at home this postseason. And tonight, the 2022 World Series champion Houston Astros can punch a ticket to their fourth World Series in the last five years when they play the Rangers in Game 6 of the ALCS. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Matt. We have a very important WTMJ Conversations today. I'm going to tell you about it right after this. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Well, former Boston Globe reporter Judy Rakowski uh, covered the church sex scandal abuse. She even covered stories like mobster Whitey Bulger. And um, I had the opportunity to talk with her about a real-life story of searching for the truth about what happened to her family during the Holocaust. A neighbor ratted out the doulas. Many, many people in that testimony said, I don't know who shot. I was securing the perimeter. These were not Germans. No, no, these are Poles. And that's a very significant point. The Rosenics, what Henya witnessed, as the book starts and reveals, was that her family was taken to an attic window in the house and forced to jump out one by one and were shot from below. And she saw this? From everything I know, she saw this. And why was she not with them at the time? She was 16 years old, and that night was a rare time when her family had gone into the house because it was a very strong rainstorm. And she was a teenager, so she didn't join them. We don't know exactly why, but we can presume that You know, she didn't want to. Based on what we've seen in Israel over the last couple of weeks, uh, it it makes this story that Judy tells even more relevant. And I I called her just the other day to get her response to what is happening right now in Israel. Over the last couple of weeks, we have seen an attack on Israel by Hamas. And every day... We learn more and more about the horrors that were committed against very innocent people. And it seems to me that there is a striking resemblance to what you write about in your book. We just don't seem to learn unless there's something 
visceral and recent, and it's really sad. Some people, when my book came out, they said, oh, that's not a beach read. Oh, I don't know if I want to read something that grim. And now everyone's riveted again to, you know, what's happening. And I just wish we didn't have to keep seeing horrible atrocities happen for us to remember that we can't hate. I mean, hate just doesn't get us anywhere. And here we are again. It is a compelling story in my conversation with Judy Rakowski. The name of her book is called Jews in the Garden. And you have to listen to the interview at 11 o'clock this morning to find out why the book is titled. And it, like I said, a riveting conversation. It's right after the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show WTMJ Conversations at 11 o'clock this morning. As we're getting closer to Halloween, you probably want to enjoy some spooky entertainment. Joining us on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline is Josh Perkins. He is, well, he's with something called the Night of the Living Opera. And i got to find out about this, Josh. What exactly is it, and how does opera tie in with things that are kind of scary? Well, there's many scary a theme in many an opera throughout the years. This one, Night of the Living Opera, is an adaptation of the 1968 George Romero Night of the Living Dead. The first instance of, you know, zombies being flesh-eating. Ooh, that black uh, and white film. Yeah. Yes, the black and white films were in there. And it's really very operatic. So when we took a look at it, so many operas, you know, end in tragedy, as did that original story where pretty much all the people that you grow to care and love, uh, something generally not good happens to them by the end of the show, not giving away any spoilers. <laughs> but how do you set that to opera music? Because this is this is original, right? It is. Well, it's an adaptation. There are some original works in there. Is it original musical work? So we worked with our composer, whose name is Dewey, who is someone that my wife met, because uh, she's a, a bit of a person behind this, Julianne Perkins, who was also going to be playing Barbara in the show. And so we had met with him. We just kind of talked about the themes, uh, the different emotions, the different places that the story needs to go, like where, where it needs to be emotionally at any given time. And he really ran with it, and he's done a beautiful job. There's some really haunting, some touching music. There are little bits of laughter, you know, little bits of comedy, maybe not on purpose, but sometimes, you know, comedy just happens in the middle of a tragedy story. It gives that release valve of laughing a little bit. But what I don't get, Josh, Mm -hmm. is there also puppets involved? Absolutely. Uh, Angry Young Men. (laughs) You say uh, it like, well, of uh, course there are. (laughs) Yeah, that's whenever you see Angry Young Men, that generally means puppets. And and the conceit in this show is that all of the, the living characters are played by human beings. But the undead are represented mostly in the form of puppetry, kind of what you could kind of consider a bunraku style, where there is a performer right behind the puppets, you know, manipulating them and helping them move. And the human chorus will be lending the voices for the voices, as it were, the moaning, I guess, the the musical moaning. The the musical Uh, moaning. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) For that. And in this show, too, as well, just because the show takes place from them driving to a cemetery, going through the cemetery, going through the woods, going to a house, you know, driving to various locations, there will be 
shadow puppetry involved to kind of help set the scene. So rather than huge, humongous, crazy sets, shadows appearing on the screens on either side of the action helps set the scene. It shows movement of them moving through the graveyard or her running away from, you know, the first ghoul, as it were, to really help, in a simple way, set the scene without having to have a five-minute set change. It can happen (laughs) in an instant. Well, the Milwaukee Opera Theater is going to be presenting Night of the Living Opera throughout the Halloween season. And how can everybody out there find out more and get some tickets? Absolutely. Milwaukee Opera Theater. Their website is the place where you are able to buy tickets. Or if you are familiar with the Broadway Theater Center, which is where it will be performing, their box office has them on sale for now. It opens on Thursday, the 27th. There are 10 shows between that day and November 5th, which is a Sunday. And so there's a lot of fun shows to choose from. And all the social media, there's ways of getting on there. Just remember Milwaukee Opera Theater, or MOT, as the, the acronym. And you'll be able to find them online. And we would love to see you there. Night of the Living Opera, now with more blood, more zombies, and an orchestra. Josh Perkins, it sounds fascinating. Thanks so much for telling us all about your new production. Happy to join you. Thanks for having me. Opera and zombies. What a better way to, than to spend Halloween with zombies and opera. All right. Uh, Libby Collins, I'm going to be back at 11 o'clock this morning with my conversation with Judy Rakowski. Brian, and Day, Brian Wickard and Tim Holdman are going to tell you right after the news about conflicting reports on mortgage rate increases on the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. And, of course, Green Bay. Game day. It all starts at noon today. It's all I had. Great listening all day on WTMJ.